Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Insights with me, Dean Shams. I've got a question for you. What's next for you? Yes, what's next? This thought must have crossed your mind at some point, right? And if you cannot come up with a clear answer to that very big question, it doesn't mean you're lost. It just means you need new ways of thinking about your life. And that could mean stepping away from our life as usual to uncover wisdoms in cultures far removed from our own. That's exactly what my guest did. And he found that wisdom he was looking for in nomadic tribes from Kenya, Morocco, and Mongolia. He saw how he could apply their nomadic wisdom to our modern lives. And I invited him to the show so that we can all learn something from this wisdom he gained on how to uncover new possibilities in our lives. And so now let me invite my very good friend, Kevin Cotton, to the studio. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the Hi, Dan. It's great to see you. Hi. So nice to have you. Okay. So friends, I want to tell you that Kevin is an executive coach. He is a speaker and he is uh, also an author. So show us the book. The <laughs> oh, watch it move through. There we go. That's it. I know it's such a popular book with everyone who got that, right? See those feet? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah those feet are moving. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Um, so you saw wisdom in nomadic cultures and you have transform those wisdom or rather apply those wisdom to organization, helping them to see new possibilities. But we are individuals. So I've asked you, can you apply it to individuals? And you said a very big, yes, you can, right? So I want to get right into the topic of the conversation today. First, start off with people who are not very familiar with your concept. What is nomadic mindset? The nomadic mindset. Well, first of all, a lot of people will ask me, oh, I have a nomadic mindset because I love to travel. Uh, in actual fact, no, that's not really true. <laughs> the nomadic mindset is actually the movement of the mind. And that's what I learned from an, a person uh, who was uh, in, in Mongolia. And they told me what I asked what the meaning of the true meaning of nomad is. And she yeah. said it means the movement of the mind. So that means that we, it's not about traveling around outside necessarily, but it is traveling in your mind. And mm -hmm. it is finding the different possibilities that you can go, different ideas, brainstorming, the thoughts that go through your head. And also mm -hmm. it's just, a, it's so that you do not lock yourself into territories, you know, mm -hmm. that you have a big territory that you can play with, and then you chunk it in to what it is that you want, that you want to achieve. And so, the movement, the nomadic mindset is big. Nice. Now, when you said movement of the mind, I'm starting to think about the movement in my mind, and the movement in my mind is all over the place, Kevin. <laughs> so, what I, I, it seems to me that you, when you say movement of the mind, it implies that it is going in a very directed manner, like there is a specific direction it's moving towards and not all over the place. Can you, can you kind of uh, explain that a bit more? Sure. Um, 
the in actual fact that it's not necessarily going in a straight line. Yes. Uh, none of our minds go in a straight line. It may feel mm. linear in some ways, but in actual fact, it goes in all sorts of circuitous routes, mm. and it's like a you know like a ganglion or a nerve. Is mm. they, they're all sorts. Are they go on, on different patterns? And this is exactly what a nomad does in reality. If they are moving, they may not go in a straight line they move around depending on what the environment is telling us and so what does that mean the environment within our mind what are the ideas that are flowing through what do we observe what do we listen how do we listen what do we hear all of these things are the movement of the mind it's actually very much into tuning into your senses mm. i know you have uh, traveled to many uh, at least three countries with different tribes within the, those countries and um, I'm just very curious, how did you kind of like lived with them for a while and then you went on to develop this concept of nomadic mindset? Yeah, okay, so I, when I went on, on my journey, I went to Mongolia and oh. I also went to visit the Maasai in Kenya and oh. also the Berbers in Morocco. Recently, at the beginning of this year, I spent time in Namibia with the Himba and the Bushmen in the Kalahari. Not a lot of time, but enough time to get a few stories and learn a little bit more about their history and also their, their rituals, and that's what's also very exciting. So, so with that, uh, it allowed me to to move to start shaping this story. And what was the story? And at first of all, I didn't know really what the story was until the very end. And that's often what happens: is that you set off on the journey. And then all sorts of things you start to discover. But you you want to go in one line, but I said, no, 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 don't go in one line. Allow yourself to flow. Allow yourself to find many different people to talk to. And it doesn't matter if they're executives or they're on the street or who they are, but find people to talk to and so that you wander with them. And when I mean wandering, I mean, truly mean wandering if it's just sitting there wandering in their discussion, but also mm -hmm. if it's on the land with the Messiah, just wandering and asking questions and getting into the rituals, but just being there with them. Uh, and this taught me an awful lot about their wisdom. And their wisdom is very, very ancient, but it's actually lives within all of us, so we just may have forgotten. And that's what I say is that I believe that we've forgotten. And what I realized at the very end is that I feel. The thesis of the book is, is that we become too narrow in our thinking and the way we do things is that we must become more expansive. And this world, if we look at the world today, is so, that it's become very narrow. So I'm glad that you you brought that up about the, the, our mind becoming narrow. So because the, the question that I have for you next is the, um, what is preventing us from seeing new possibilities in our life, especially with having experienced so many months of lockdown at least in singapore where we are based uh, we are coming out of it but there's a lot of countries that have come out of it and then go back in so there's a lot of uh, pent up frustration over this yet some people can see new possibilities in this situation but a lot of us cannot and moving forward post pandemic uh, so this is the whole idea of this conversation right how can we kind of uh, uh, recalibrate our mind so that we can, after this whole pandemic thing, it has to end someday, that we are able to look at our life again in new ways. So what is preventing mm -hmm. us from seeing uh, new possibilities in this current situation? Mm -hmm. 
Well, as you know, Dean, it a lot, this is a, a big subject, and what mm. can happen is, is that many things, such as fact, such as uh, your job, your your culture, the, your family situation, all of these can affect you the way you want to move forward because this also creates our mindset and the way we walk into life. Mm. And so, if you and but if you are an outlier within mm. a family that is what I call very settled and and it's everything is fine whichever mindset that you have it's just that you may need to expand if you want to create better dreams or you want to have a better job if you want to have even a better relationship or whichever mm -hmm. it you need to you cannot stay in sort of a, this is the way it's done you know or this is the way it's going to be these types of statements we must learn to move on and the understanding is, is that uh, with today and with the you know I, what I found on my journey was that there's, we have three mindsets, the builder mindset, the settler mm -hmm. mindset, and the nomadic mindset. And I think from the, I'm not going to get into the depths of what they mean, but if you think of a house being built, you have the architect that is creating the house. You have the builders that are actually putting it all together. And, and, that is, and then afterwards you have the settlers that are holding it together and keeping it clean and keeping it functioning and fixing and doing all sorts of things, they're holding it, they're the glue. And that's exactly what happens in organizations and that's what happens within all of us and we all have all three of those. So what's happened with many of us today is, is that those with a nomadic mindset will start to start seeing, even in the lockdown, even though there's a frustration because I can't move, but there is, they continue to move with ideas and thoughts. Once you get over that uh, initial locking in, is that it, we need to find that physical space within ourselves. So that's not easy. That's you know, but it takes a lot of commitment to thinking outside of the box. Is about seeing the beauty in everything. It's about giving gratitude for things. It's about seeing what is behind the picture, so to speak. So if you're looking at a picture, what's behind? That's not the picture. It's just one thing. But what is behind it? What's inside of it? That keeps your mind moving. That keeps your ideas flowing. But if you don't, if you just see it as a picture, it's always been a picture. And you've seen it that way all in life. It's not going to change. You need something needs to trigger within you, and it can be a situation of where you lost all your money and you've lost your job. And you, all those things push you into survival. And survival is when you kick into the nomad. And then you can also use the wisdom of that. Because survival is the resilience of us. Mm. And, you know, we all pretty much came from nomadic traditions centuries ago. And it still lives within us. And it's just that through industrialized thinking and the way we become very comfortable and we don't like uncertainty, we don't like risk, and we, 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 all these things, which I, I can totally understand, and I don't either at times, but that is the hall of learning. That's where we mm -hmm. learn, and that's where we can venture and, become, and create new, new thoughts, new ideas, new relationships, new jobs, new in, and, you know, innovations. This is, that's the land of the learning. I, I really like the way you said that um, even though we are now very restricted in our travel so we can't find inspiration outside our country maybe not even outside our city uh, and some of us are still suffering from the lockdown because they are going back to lockdown but our mind should not stop right 
And you're saying that the industrialized uh, culture, if I can say that, has made us think only in one way because it's always about production, right? The production yeah. line. So now you're saying, no, forget about that production line. We have to kind of open up and we need to open up in a very, uh, in a very conscious way rather than being very afraid and then going all over the place, your mind is going in all direction and it's not helping you in any way. So uh, how is this uh, to uncover, say, one possibility of our life, career, business that we could never, or to say, never thought of before? Could you give us some steps or clues to do this? Actually, I didn't really hear what you said, if you could repeat it, because it was going in and out. All right, okay, no problem. Um, how can we use the nomadic mindset? Mm. A person, a single person, who is now, you know, stuck, stuck, so to say, literally due to lockdown mm. or, or emotionally, how can he or she make himself uncover new possibilities in our lives and career or business? How, what would sure. you recommend? Well, first of all, I, I always recommend we're taking small steps and uh, mm. I sometimes take big steps, but <laughs> um, mm. I would say take small steps. And so, for example, if there's something uh, that you've never done before, it's just go and try it. So it might be just simply going to visit Pierce Reservoir. Then just go do it. It's not that difficult. And explore what nature has. That is one thing. And then you'll start to see some expansiveness and some ideas and thoughts. I mean, look at the plants and look at the and look at the bark and look at the, the drips of water on it and, and, and just watch. I mean, it's this is about seeing and observing. Observe things that you've never observed before. That is another way. You can also meditate. Meditate is a wonderful way to expand your mind. It settles your mind, but it also expands your mind. Journey, uh, journaling is another way of writing and getting things out of you. But I would suggest that um, one of the biggest things for all of us is to move physically. And that is because our brains are moving a lot. But if we've been sitting enough a lot, that's not putting the full inertia and momentum behind our full capacity. Our full capacity is everything in our body. And wow. so consequently, once you start to use it by just going walking or just running or whatever you do, but just get out and do things, but use it. Don't sit in front of the, the TV and just stare at the TV. And don't, you know, at times, yes, it's always fun. But the point is, is not do it on a, a long, regular basis. But you know, for, for all of us, it's about expanding our mind as reading. It's about not just watching things on our telephone and just, you know, chatting with people. It can be, but it depends on the conversation. And the conversation needs to be expansive to uh, open us up. You know, I want to, I want to focus on this. The conversation, we, we okay, we, so we chat with family and friends a lot, but we don't realize that some people, maybe even ourselves, can become very negative and that becomes very narrowing, right? Because yeah. your mind starts to focus only on that one problem and that problem gets amplified. So you're yeah. saying the conversation has to be expensive. Can 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 you share with me uh, an example of a very sure. expensive sure. Uh, conversation? 
<laughs> well, you know, I mean, an expansive conversation might be something like, uh, for example, the discovery of how you made Migori. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's about looking at the intricacies of it, not just looking okay. at the Migori, but just looking at what's behind it. What's for behind those of it? you, just let me interrupt you a bit. For those of you who don't know what mee goreng means, this is the local version of fried fried uh, noodles. Fried noodles. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so, so it's about looking at the ingredients, but how do you cut the ingredients and having a, a, a wider conversation, not only with yourself but with somebody else's. How do you do it? How do you how do you create it? Do you create it in a very different way? What's the historical aspect for your family of how you made it? I mean, instead of just just eating it, get into the depth of it. I mean, that sounds, you know, pretty simplified, but it opens you up to more conversation and different ways of doing, of making, creating the migori, how your family did it, how somebody else's family did it, you know, and so you get historical presence as well. So this starts to, you start to expand. And, uh, or, you know, I have been going with a variety of friends and like you, Dean, yes. and you we go out and we, we explore. And it's been incredible because we sit and we have a conversation and it's, and it's very, very, we don't get into a narrow space about this conversation. We, we allow it to go off in tangents and allow it to just flow and to be able to look at different possibilities within that conversation, picking up on a different idea and going, what is that? And exploring with each other and everybody else getting involved. So it's really like playing a game in some ways. Is yeah. and sometimes playing games is also a great way of expanding your thoughts as well. All right, um, I just want to explore the possibilities of this already happening, or happened in maybe yourself or your coaching clients. How have they used this nomadic mindset and come up with completely un uh, uh, an idea or possibility in their life that they never thought about if they have not done this in a conscious way, like what you're saying. Okay, uh, so I approach coaching from the point of view that the client comes to me in a narrow space. Yeah. And the whole point of us as coaches is to open them up through asking a variety of questions and becoming very curious about their answers and the words they use to start helping them to see and expand not only physically that expansion but also their mind everything starts to expand so that's one of the ways of, uh, that we do this um so but one a couple of things and so i talk a lot about the territory so if i'm talking to an executive for example is um i ask them well what's the territory of your department and, uh, and how does it play a role within the bigger territory of the whole company? And then I ask them, okay, so do you know the whole territory? Do you go wandering, for example, to different spaces of it and meeting different peoples and people in different segments of it? And I, I did this with one client and he says, I have 750 people that I deal with in mine and I don't know half, I, I really don't know the whole part of it. And so I, I said, you know, I said, well, how, how can you lead them if you don't know really who and what they're doing, right? And so consequently, he started to wander to the different territories within his territory. And um, he said this has changed an awful lot, the way he sees, but also he's learned an awful lot about the people. So that's just one thing. 
uh, how uh, they also look at this as a journey. And I think that's one of the other important things is that not only the coaching session becomes a journey, but also their discovery becomes a journey. And how do it, it becomes more colorful in many ways. It doesn't get into this really droning aspect of inability to be able to see things. And so, so I would suggest that um, we, what we need to do is to keep this um, conversation going with my clients is keeping them moving wider so that they're able to then find new solutions. And that's exactly what we're doing. Right. So you mentioned uh, territory, right? So moving into the territory, exploring it, that would be good for an organization. But what about for an individual person like me, maybe your coaching clients? What would be a territory look like? What would be the label to it? Yeah. So, for example, I mean, you as an individual, let's say a family, that is part of your territory, but then expand that territory to where do the children go to in their territory, where does the mm. family go to work in their territory. So this becomes a territory, where is our extended family, our relatives, and whichever into that territory. So you're actually pinpointing different areas. If you look at a map, for example, mm. there may be different cities or different villages that you might put into that territory, but then you go exploring in that. But it's never generally a straight line. There's always different conversations that happen within that, and then there's that traveling within it. So, but it's the mind that's doing the traveling as, as well as the physical in this particular sense. So you think about your home, and then start expanding it. So a lot of the time, for example, we don't think in territories, and we just think, oh, uh, our parents are over here, and uh, we have they're at the next HTB. Uh, mm. Our family is all in here. My sister is over there. Which are, but think of it as a map, mm. and it also starts to become more colorful at the same time. Okay, and it also becomes more playful. It's not just somewhere. You know, it actually is a place. And I, I always like to think that you. Think of your territory as a physical space, but it's also a mental space. It's an emotional oh. space as well. So you can go into the territories within you, into your mind, into your heart, into oh. you know your gut. You can go into the territories and discover what, how do they all interconnect? What is missing, for example? Asking yourself inside questions. So the territories are not just external. They are internal as well. And also, you can go to spiritual um, territories within you, you know, as to what is the, my beliefs, for example, what are my purpose, what is that within me, what is it, what's, and what's driving me. That, those are territories, those are parts of you. But how do you expand them and interconnect them into other parts of you? The interconnection is the most important thing here, of which I realized from nomadic cultures when I would watch them, is that. I, I really watched a lot, and what I found was is that they're, they're so most interconnected beings I've ever noticed because they're not only interconnected to themselves and to their family and to community, but also to the land and to the animals, to the universe, to the, the, to the climate. They know everything that's going on. They're watching and they're feeling the whole time. Where we have become, I feel, very desensitized that we do and separated. We need to realize this whole interconnection. I mean, just an example of interconnection is that 
you as a, a person, mm. your heart doesn't just work as a heart. Your brain doesn't, doesn't work as a brain. Yes. It's interconnected through veins and through nerves and through ganglions and cells and microcosm, microcosm. Everything is interconnected. And you can, your heart does not work solely. So us thinking that it does, we're absolutely gaga because it doesn't. Yeah. So the point is, is that if you use that as a metaphor, is that you start to start seeing that your life is actually a series of interconnections, not connections, interconnections. Interconnection, yeah. Because a connection to me is like you have a plug, you put it into the, the wall, and you have an electrical current. But if you put an adapter in, an adapter can connect to your phone, to your computer, can connect to numerous amounts of things, but that's an interconnection of the way your energy is being used. Mm. So it's the same thing when you go, when you're looking for a job, is look for the interconnections of why this job, instead of just a job, I'm just mm. looking for a job. You know, but you need to look at the interconnections. Why is this job interesting to me? What value can I bring to that job? Mm. What can I learn from this job? Because mm. it's all about evolution. It's not just about transformation. It's about evolution of you as a being, being interconnected within that one job. It's not mm. just money. It's not just that. Then you only do it for money and you don't have any, inter any connection with it. It's just one thing. The interconnection is what brings the wealth, not only to your life, but to the, the communities that you're with and the customer services and everything that you work with. That's mm. the interconnection. So I think the first step for the rest of us who are not so you know, exposed to this wisdom is to start accepting the fact that no matter how small an action that we are planning to carry out, it is somehow interconnected with all parts of us, our past, our current and our future, and also connected to all the people that are in our lives. And then the next level of people who are connected to those people. It is just like what COVID, the, the virus is telling us. It starts from one spot in the planet and the next thing you know, it's everywhere. And that's a clear sign that you cannot escape from the interconnectedness of anything that's on this planet, right? Or anyone on this planet. Absolutely. I mean, the, the COVID is an, a prime example of it because it has allowed us to open up to all these. It's asked us to open up to a variety of things because you are not, the, the virus doesn't know any boundaries, nothing. And we have boundaries. We put the limitations, but the virus doesn't know and those anything. Are all, that, those are all artificial boundaries that we have put up, but the virus doesn't know those boundaries. And that's the most natural boundaries. There's no boundaries. Absolutely. And it's okay. interesting. Because the nomadic cultures that I visited, they all will say that is that there is the intelligence of the nomad, which is the interconnection of all things. And mm. so it doesn't matter if you're baking, it doesn't matter if you are having a conversation with someone, but there is more than one interconnection happening at that time. So for example, I mean, networking, right? So we all understand that you never know one person you may talk to, maybe the link to another person, maybe the link to, and that is all interconnection. Mm. And so we must see that as, an, as part of the nomadic mindset, as part of that expansion. 
And that's, you know, my quest is for everybody to start thinking more expansively in their lives and how we can then create this planet in a much better way as we move forward because we have to. If not, it's over, folks. I mean, it's just... It's going to repeat itself over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the ones that can make the difference. Absolutely. Okay, a final question, all right? So you yeah. mentioned very briefly the three mindsets that you've learned mm -hmm. from the nomads, right? Yeah. If you yeah. can quickly uh, state the three mindsets in case someone missed it, then how do I know, how do a person know when to move from one mindset to another? Okay, so what I mentioned at the beginning was that there's three mindsets that I believe in my typologies in the book and what they call the nomadic, the builder, and the settler. Just from the words, I think you can start to see or think about what are the particular behaviors that are associated with those. And I could go into a long dissertation about it, but I don't think I have time for that. But anyway, but I would say that if you think of a house as that an architect is a, the nomad that is creating with all sorts of ideas and thoughts of creating a house. And then it's the builder that comes in with all of the tools and all of the management of how this is going to happen and who and bringing all the people in. And then the person afterwards is the one that caretakes it and also lives in it and perhaps and just really holds it together. So how can people move from one to the other? Well, in actual fact, you're moving from one to another generally on an everyday basis. It's just that we don't have the awareness that we're doing that. So I can give you an example. I'm a nomad, and I was working with an artist who is an incredible nomad, and we were doing a show together. And she would start to go into all of these you know, questions, and, and she would say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this many people, and this is, what, this is how we will design it, and what you're going to and I'm going all around in my head trying to put it all together. And then I all of a sudden realize that I'm now into the builder mode. And I'm going, well, how many people are we expecting? How are, they, how are we going to organize this? How, is there going to be drinks? Where are they going to be located? What is it? All of these things became very strategic messages. And so I moved into, from nomad, into builder. And so... That's one example of how we do this on an ongoing basis, but how can we consciously do it is, okay, so consciously we can look at the nomad, for example, and again, when you look at something, you think, is this all it is, or is it more than this? What is it made of, such as a book? What is it made of? What goes into it? What is the expansiveness? Instead of just going, okay, this is a great book, I'll just have a read of it. And that's what a, a settler might do, is just, just take it for what it is and not go any further, but just read it and enjoy the time. Whereas the builder, you know, if you want to build it, then you need to realize how you put it all together. What is the structure of it? Are you, who do you get to work on this? Who, where do you then market it? And all of these particular aspects, that's the builder that starts to happen within you. And the nomad is one that's keeping all of that flowing back and forth. It's questioning the question. So get curious about anything is one thing. Uh, and to be able to see that you're curious, uh, invite curious and curiosity into your life. 
become more aware and sensitized to your surroundings, internal surroundings and external surroundings. Look at stuff instead of looking at your phone. Yes. All the time. I Turn it off. Oh, yeah. I did the same thing, everybody. I followed the crowd. <laughs> but, you know, uh, look around you. Uh, and then make some other solutions. You know, if you want to just laze around, for example, on the couch, that's fine. But you may get into the thought, well, how can I make, what's, what's for food, what's for dinner the next time? All right, so that's not necessarily said, and that starts to go into your no meditate. Let's create something. And then you don't have all the ingredients, so you need to build the ingredients, and so now you need to go and buy them. So we can, we're doing it all the time. It's just we have a depth. We have definitely a dominance for one more than another. And so it's awareness that this is happening. That is the most important thing. And that will help you to grow and evolve. And like what you said, after you build, you tend to settle into the good stuff that you've built. And you always say, Never settle for settle. too long. <laughs> Never settle for too long. Absolutely. Yeah, I've it for me enough time that I can remember it. <laughs> yes. You never settle for too long. You settle for long enough just to move, just to reap the harvest and then move on. So people say to me, oh, nomads are wandering all the time. No, 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 no. They cannot. It's not safe for them to wander all the time. They have to land in a place feed their animals, feed the community, see that it's safe, and then when the season changes or the food is not uh, principal anymore, you move on. With that, about moving on, we've come to the end of the show. So friends, I'm sure you can use the wisdom that Kevin has shared with us and use it in all forms at different levels of your life and different aspects of your life. And if you want to connect with Kevin, so Kevin, where can you connect to? You say email him is the best place, or you can also connect with him on LinkedIn. So if you want to email him, it's at connect at the nomadicmindset.com. It's showing on the screen right now. And Kevin, last words for, for our audience here. What is the last advice you can give? The last piece of advice is, is I would like to say a quote from a woman by the name of Binderia. She said, think vastly, act narrowly. And I say, never settle for too long. Know when it's ready time to move on. Nice. So with that, friends, thank you for your attention. And do share this video if you know someone who would love to know this small piece of wisdom that can have a huge impact in their life. So with that, thank you. Thank you so much, Dean.